Hi, this is Ray Barry, and welcome to the Audio Wave Cafe podcast. Coming up on this episode, my guest is singer-songwriter Ruth Kelly. First, I bring you current music news and views, and I shine a spotlight on Queen's iconic song, Bohemian Rhapsody. We should move on. Iconic Britpop band Blur are to headline two shows at Wembley Stadium in July, supported by Paul Weller and Coventry Scar Band Selector on the second night show on the 9th, and providing a DJ set on the night will be legendary snooker player Steve Davis, who swapped his snooker cue for a turntable more than six years ago. This <laughs> seems surreal. But no one is more baffled by the successful career change than Steve, even performed at Glastonbury. I'm like... I feel like I'm stuck in the twilight zone, it's so unreal. Next, Boy George was recently on the Jackie Bramble's Greatest Hits radio show, saying the music industry is run by old people that are frightened of getting old, and that's why they're always trying to find something younger. Well, yeah, that's true. He also said everybody in the music business is winging it. Nobody knows what they're doing. Surely not, Boy George. You must mean politicians. CEO Josephine de Klerk of UK-based company gets a room that deals in booking hotel rooms worldwide, has come up with a novel plan to develop so-called love capsules that will allow people to get intimate in a safe, clean and private environment at music festivals. I've got to tell you, <laughs> there are three options. First called, for a nice one between two songs, it's £59 for 25 minutes. The naughty, that's £89 for 40 minutes. And the VIP, which will get you 55 minutes for £99. They don't say anything about providing Viagra. A lot of my friends would need to know that. Not me. I'd go to festivals. Finally, as if he doesn't have enough money, Ed Sheeran, God bless him, has launched Tingly Ted's, <laughs> a hot sauce brand. And I believe at the moment they're only available in America, priced at $7.25 a bottle. That's about £6. Well, I hope that's for a litre. Seriously, if Ed Sheeran had come up with, say, uh, Tingly Ted's vodka, yeah, I'd give that a go. I would. But if his grinning face is on the bottle, uh, maybe not. My guest today is singer-songwriter Ruth Kelly. Ruth, thanks for joining me today in my little studio. No worries. Thank you very much for inviting me. Hey, you're welcome. Ruth, what was the motivation to become a singer? The reason I became a singer was like, it sounds like it's not true, but it is true. So my year four teacher um, noticed that I could sing above like the others in the class. And she told my mum and dad about it. And she said to my mum and dad, oh, you need to get her to some singing lessons. You know, you need to get her into a choir or something. And I was just like, oh, I love this. So then, uh, so they did. And then I started a choir called Semitones in Scarborough, where I moved to when I was younger. And then the rest is history, really. You also write songs. Where do you get the inspiration from? I'm a hopeless romantic, if I'm honest. So, like, I would say just my imagination's massive. So, because I've always sang, I didn't always write. Like, I've done the odd bit when I was younger. And then I was thinking, why? Why don't you? Because you've got such a massive, massive imagination. So my inspiration just comes from my imagination, really. And things that have happened, you know, real life things as well as 
um, you know, things that I'd like my life to be like and stuff. So, yeah. Can you tell us something about your songwriting process? Yes. So um, I'm very old school. I have about like a hundred books. And like when I get a bit, I know this is probably really bad for the trees as well, but I do keep them and I cherish them. But I like when I get a little bit sort of, you know, stuck or think, oh, I need a new book. I start again and it's like that whole clean slate. So I'll go through it um different books and I, I, that's how I do my process and just write down ideas I do I often do you know when you're at school and you do one of them mood boards and you put like the bubble in the middle so the subject and then I write off it and get ideas and then I start writing sentences and my dad's a songwriter as well yeah so like sometimes if I've got something I'll write it in sentences and then he will you know, word it better. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds better for the song. Um, but it's still me writing it. It's just that he knows how to kind of put it in a, in sentences better, as you would say. Would we have heard of uh, your songwriting father? <laughs> no. no, because he's silly and um, he never really followed it. And um, he's always done like poems for the family and songs for the family and stuff. But... I don't think he had the confidence. I think that that's many people's thing, isn't it? And um, so this is why I'm kind of doing it as well, really. And I like to mention him, you know, because obviously he inspires me a lot. When you're performing live, do you play all original songs? Um, no, absolutely not. I wish. Um, it'd be lo- Well, no, because I do actually love doing covers. People say that, but I love it because I think I'm inspired by all these songs that I'm singing. So um, I'm very into soul and Motown at the minute. I get I go through phases of really being obsessed in things. And um, so I'm doing a soul and Motown show. But what I'm doing with that is I'm adding some of my own songs into the show. So I, as I get to know pubs and venues and people, they seem to be connecting to me a lot more through my music then. Um, but if I do like open mics or anything for charity, I always do my own stuff. Yeah. What reaction have you had when you sing some of your own stuff? Um, amazing, to be honest. Yeah, it's been lovely. It's one of them really crazy things. It's like um, a bit of a dream come true. And again, I know that sounds like cliche, but people are giving me that opportunity I'm not saying that you should give up if people don't support you at all because I don't believe that but I think it gives you that extra I can do this and and you keep going and it's really nice so yeah (laughs) that's great stuff can you tell us something about the support you've received from BBC CWR radio station yeah they're amazing they've been fantastic for me um, I always say amazing and my dad says to me she should think of a different word. Um, they're, 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 all, they're awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of worse words than amazing. No, they've been absolutely just incredible because basically um, they gave me an opportunity at the festival, the big festival, which is Jamie Oliver's farm um, and Blur as well. And they what they do is it's like a family festival and I did the BBC introducing stage there and I'll be honest having that opportunity from them when there's so many people out there who would love that that was just it gave me so much confidence 
Yeah, it was, and they've, they've just, they're playing my songs, they're inviting me in for interviews, they've just emailed me actually, because I'm bringing out a new song, and they, they want to know when they can play it, so they're really supportive, and I feel like they're very supportive of lots of other artists from what I've seen as well, Um, they put me in like their top 2022 uh, songs last year, and I think as um, a releasing artist in what I'm doing, it really helps. In fact, it, it does. It really helps having that backing from them because people think, oh, you know, that she's supported by the BBC. I'll have a listen. And then they can make the mind up from that. But there's so many people doing what we're doing. I think, and time goes so fast. It's just that extra thing for people to listen. Yeah. Do you have a record label or do you self-release your songs? In it, I've been self-releasing for like four years and the I'm part of the Love and Madness. I don't know if you've seen that, but the Love and Madness is like a new Coventry uh, label, but it's just with one song. So my song Tokyo comes out <laughs> at the end of this month on the 27th, but there's actually five of us as well on the EP. So it's been really lovely because you get ideas from each other, you support each other. And it also, you know, it's not just about you, it's about collective group of musicians. So that's been really, really good to be involved in. Do you tell me how you go about releasing a song? Yeah, I mean, this is the the thing that I'm learning all the time and every day. I've gone full time with my music now, which was a dream. I was working in schools before. So having that time is very important, like, because, for example, you know, you can just upload on Spotify and you can just upload on anything and people get disheartened and people are not listening and that's because they're not advertising it and they're not promoting it and stuff. And even I don't know half of what you should do, but I just use like my imagination again. So I write to the papers, I write to the um, radio stations, I write down people who've supported me, influencers these days are obviously a big way of getting things out. Um, and I write to everyone and I email people and it's, you know, it's like, that's like a job in itself. And so when my stuff comes out, I know people to do my artwork and, you know, make it eye catching and just again, use my imagination, get people's attention and stuff. That's, that's what you need to do when you bring in a song up because, you know, you could have the best song in the world and I'm absolutely sure there is so many artists out there that do. Um, but they're just releasing it, like you say, onto Spotify and then hoping for the best. And unfortunately, a lot of it's about money. So if you don't have money to have all this management and all these people to support you, then you have to do it my way and you have to do it really hard work. And you do it all yourself. I do, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, like I say, this new one, it's been lovely because they're bringing it out for us, but I can't help it now but get really involved because I've done it for myself for so long. So I keep saying to them, is it all right if I do this? And they're like, just wait, <laughs> just wait. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they're like, I bet they're thinking, oh gosh, but um, I'm very grateful for the you know, financial support and just the support of again believing in my song do you have your own website i do i don't have like a website um as such at the minute that that's on my list to do um but i have got one called like it's band um 
Zoogle and it's basically where you sort of pay a subscription to it and you can have your own email and it just says little bits about you so if anyone asks for it I just send them the link to that. You're on Facebook as well? Yeah Facebook, Instagram, um, I am on TikTok but I'm not amazing on TikTok actually, um, <laughs> I'm learning Um and Twitter as well. My dad likes Twitter, so he's been doing some stuff for me on there. I don't know if you were, but I've covered mental health in several podcasts. As an artist, can you tell me something about your mental health issues? Yeah, um, I I openly talk about it, actually. I, I say openly, but I remember reading the question when you sent me it, and I thought, we're not that open, but I do say that I struggle. And um, I... Uh, have really bad anxiety and have suffered with depression as well. So yeah, I am a big supporter of like, I say mental health, but just being kind, just being nice to people and understanding, you know, because I'm not the 17 year old girl or the young girl that's just started out anymore. I'm 34. So it's, it's respecting and, um supporting other people too and I'm hoping by doing that it shows other people that that's okay like it doesn't have to just be about you and you know it's really important because you don't know what that person's going through and again they sound so cliche but it's so true it's really interesting to me to talk about suicide is still a taboo subject but you try to raise awareness of it why is that I've known probably more people die through suicide than I have of like other causes in my life really yeah really um and so that's why because I think it's really sad I've obviously myself had really 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 low times well I say obviously but I've just discussed that um I suffer and I think as well so when I brought out my song I don't have you my friend lost his daughter Chelsea Blue um, and she was only 17 and she had an eating disorder um so he asked me you know is there anything that you can do to help and I said yeah I can like I can I can dedicate the song to her um, and it was one of them ones where I didn't want people to think I was doing it for any other reason because I wasn't. I was doing it for my friend because I had no idea what to say to him. I still don't and his family. And I have no idea um, how to approach the subject with people because I won't understand what it feels like to lose my child, you know. And I just kind of know, I know as well because people like message me and everything it reached out to so many people that heard it, yeah. And then they told me about their experiences, which was so beautiful, but also really hard for me as well because I had to kind of um, read them, take it on. And I'm a very empathetic person. So um, I did take sort of like a little bit of time. I stepped away from it. And then actually, um, going to be re-releasing the song with another artist from Coventry. So we're going to keep it up. We're going to keep raising the awareness for suicide. So keep an eye <laughs> for that. Oh, that's really good. Who's that other artist? It's called Tom Brannan. Tom, um, he's got 
the most amazing voice and he said he would like to talk about his you know experiences with mental health as well but he asked me um because he said when he listened to the song it inspired him so that's really nice and um yeah so he's a younger musician as well so that's cool it's been more than a year since you released a single why is that oh i thought it was really important because I can't focus on everything at once, as I said, so I'm doing everything myself. And I was kind of like releasing things and losing energy and losing sort of the momentum behind it because I'd, I was working at the time in a school. And so what I did was last year, I went and recorded loads of things at the studio and did it like behind the scenes, focused on getting myself gigs and getting myself out there more in that way. Um, so that this year I can be like, right, I'm releasing and I've got loads. So it's going to be more, you know, sort of after each other and the momentum should keep up then instead of me think, because obviously you've got to pay for this as well. You know, I go to the studio, um, I go to London and I do, you know, because I have a certain sound that I like now and it just it all can get on top of you. So um, I read a lot actually about other artists and what they've done. And that is said so many times. It's like, take that time out to do it because then when you come back, come back with a bang, you know, hopefully. (laughs) Like, oh gosh, (laughs) hopefully. Yeah, but like one after another, you know. Because that's the aim this year is, you know, now to focus on my releases and um, really enjoy it as well really enjoy bringing them out instead of thinking oh my gosh I'm bringing this out but don't have another song so I've got to go and record that song and and stuff so yeah where do you record um I go to a guy called Imad in London it was recommended to me a couple of years ago now um I've recorded with people and stuff before that but um he just he's just at absolutely amazing you know for me anyway he's just he's just got the sound right he's got the enthusiasm so I really enjoy going there I work with different people but I think once you've got that that's like magic isn't it because it's really hard to find musicians that you just totally get each other and gel with um so yeah no I I definitely recommend him He's on all my platforms. <laughs> so so if people want a producer, he's yeah, he's great. Where's that studio in London? It's called Gross Studios in Hackney. But he's just, you know, he works himself. He just um has a little room in that them studios. So there's so many different producers there. Like London's a different thing altogether, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um but it's it's fascinating. I love it. It's so good. Do you have any interesting projects or events happening later this year, twenty twenty three? I've got lots of lots of things going on this year. You know, lots of gigs, lots of new venues, lots of new festivals this summer. So it's going to be really good. I'm really excited. And I think it's a good moment to end the interview. Ruth, thanks so much for being my guest. It's been a real pleasure. No worries at all. Thank you very much. Just to let everyone know, it's a lovely little studio. You should come and do a podcast. thanks for that (laughs) thank you it took three weeks to record using five recording studios between August and September 1975 and when Queen whose band members included Roger Taylor on drums 
Brian May guitar, John Deacon bass guitar and Freddie Mercury vocals had completed the track, Bohemian Rhapsody was 5 minutes 55 seconds long. Freddie Mercury first came up with the idea for the song seven years earlier, with the words Mama Just Killed a Man. The tentative title was the Cowboy Song. Bohemian Rhapsody would eventually be an amalgam of three songs which Freddie had planned to record. Much of the song was recorded at Rockfield Studios in South Wales, with Roy Thomas Baker co-producing. The song was destined to be the lead song on Queen's fourth up-and-coming album, A Night at the Opera. Before the song was released as a single, many of those in the music industry thought it was a joke, that no radio station would play a song at almost six minutes long, that crucially also included an operatic theme. It would take Kenny Everett, DJ on Capital Radio, based in London, who first started playing sections of the song on his show, teasing his listeners so much they were calling into the station, demanding to hear the whole song. He then played the entire song 14 times over two days. EMI, the band's record company, had wanted another track, You're My Best Friend, as a single, but it was the band's perseverance and self-belief that overcame EMI's objections. Queen was slated for an appearance on Top of the Pops in November 1975, but the band would be touring then, so they came up with the idea of producing a music video of the song instead. The video was a sensation that helped propel the song to the top of the charts for nine weeks. Bohemian Rhapsody was a hit again in 1991 following Freddie Mercury's AIDS-related death. In 2012, Rolling Stone magazine readers voted Freddie's vocal performance in the song as the greatest in rock history. In 2018, the film Bohemian Rhapsody, starring Rami Malek as Freddie, was released to critical acclaim, winning four Oscars and grossing over $900 million worldwide. The song just refuses to disappear. Bohemian Rhapsody continually gains legions of younger fans and remains a favourite for so many others around the world. Today, Roy Thomas Baker is living in California and is still producing music for artists, bands and film. Queen's bass player-songwriter, John Deacon, quit the music business soon after Freddie Mercury's death, lives a quiet life with his family in Putney, South East London. Over the years, Brian May and Roger Taylor still perform as Queen with Adam Lambert on lead vocals, adding a new exciting phase for the band. And you know, I think Freddie would have loved that. Coming up is a track written and recorded by Ruth Kelly, I Don't Have You. I've been running my mind now for 24 hours Trying to explain, I'm trying to kill the pain But my life keeps stumbling Things don't seem the same now That we all do every day But I see your shadow It reflects on all the pains I've got dreams I'm gonna build I've got friends More than a few I got my family here And their little family too But the truth is I don't have
As you laugh at my jokes and dance around your kitchen, around your kitchen. I wish I kept the videos you said Instead of replaying on my mind on ever my since mind. Going through the paces that we all do every day But I see your shadow, it reflects on all the pain Ruth Kelly with her original song, I Don't Have You. And thanks so much, Ruth, for being my guest. Coming up on the next episode, my guest is singer Ben Taylor of Leamington-based band Man Made Moon. You know, I don't think I've interviewed a guest from Leamington before. Oh, well. I think that's it. Uh, Yeah, it is. I'm done. Till next time.